and it created a lot of issues in my marriage and with when we had kids. And so a few years ago, I read some books, I took some courses, and I actually had some people start praying for me. And over the last few years, I've had a lot of victory when it comes to this area. And maybe the tipping point for me or the turning point really came when I went to a conference and a speaker was there and he was talking about the power of your personal schedule, how your personal schedule can be a powerful gift to you. And I became very convinced that I needed to have that power. And so I sought God's guidance and I said, God, when I look at my schedule, I don't want it just to be about the things that I do, but who am I becoming when it comes to how I use my time? Now, the reality is, is that every single one of us use some kind of tool when it comes to our schedule. Now, I have something here right now. Does anyone know what this is? What's this called? A calendar, a paper calendar. Now, if you're in your 20s or younger, this is something maybe you've never seen before. Uh, It may be an antique. You could come up and touch it, you know, later on. But some people actually still do use this. Now, I'll never forget my best example ever of a person working on their schedule, and it was with our very first worship leader, a guy by the name of Isaac, who's a great guy, uh, very creative. And one day, we're sitting at a table together going uh, over some uh, different church stuff and scheduling uh, for Sunday morning, when all of a sudden, I noticed he took his ink pen and he started writing on his hand. And then he showed me his hands. And there was all of this writing. I go, Isaac, what is that that's on your hands? He said this, it's my calendar. It's my whole life. And I kept thinking to myself, what if it like rubbed off? You know, like you're screwed, dude. You know, but, but that's the way that he did it. So whether your personal schedule is on your iPhone or it's on your Android or your computer or on your paper calendar or maybe it's actually written creatively on your hands, we all have a tool that we use for our life when it comes to our schedule. And so this kind of leads me to our big idea. And for everyone on the stream, uh, you can go ahead and uh, put this in the app. But this is your first fill-in here uh, in the auditorium. And it's this, that my schedule should be far less about what I have to get done than who I want to become. Your schedule and my schedule actually should be far less about what it is that we're going to get done and who it is that we're going to become. Your schedule and my schedule is a powerful tool that God can use. And the first time that I ever heard this concept that your schedule actually is about who you become as a person, it like rocked my world. For most of my life, When it came to my schedule, uh, I just thought it was like a checklist. You write it down and you check the things off like a grocery list, a to-do list. You finally get done and you're like, oh, uh, my schedule's complete. I took care of it. 
But when I finally realized that my personal schedule was a piece of who I am and and who I want to become, that it actually was a powerful tool that God could use to make me a different person, to make me a better person, it actually changed my entire life. Now, as a way of kind of building my case on the importance of the power of a schedule... I want to kind of give some biblical understanding to this this morning. And what we're going to look at is a passage of scripture uh, written by a guy by the name of Paul who wrote close to half of the New Testament. And when he writes uh, to a group of people in Ephesus, it's in present day Turkey. And as he writes to them in chapter uh, five, he says this. He says, be careful then how you live now. Remember that word? You might want to circle that word now. How you do it now. It's very important. Live wisely now, not unwisely. Redeeming the time because we live in evil days. Therefore, don't waste your time on foolish living. That would be a terrible thing for you to do, to never worry about your schedule and just to to live just day by day, never thinking about what is it that it's important to me, that it, it defines who I am, who I'm becoming. Don't waste your time in foolish living. Find out what God's will is and start doing it. You see, folks, in the kingdom of God, time really, really matters. It's a limited supply that you have and I have from this day until our last day to become who God wants us to become. And God has some important things for you to do in your life. For those of you that are on the stream, God has important things that he wants you to do. Balcony people, God has things that he wants you to do. Now, I want to share with you just briefly how powerfully crazy a well-crafted schedule can do and what it can do in a person's life. I had a buddy in high school by the name of Kenny, and he had two major interests, sports and girls. That was it. Now, some of the guys that are in here right now is like, well, that was my interest too, you know? Like, is there something else? Well, no, there is. It's called studies, okay? Like, you know, your books and, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, he didn't really care about that. That was his two things. And he just kind of slid by uh, high school. And then I asked him one day, I said, hey, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just going to get a job and do whatever. And so he got a job in the service industry, which is great. But when I would talk to him that first year uh, after high school, he just kind of shared like, you know, this really isn't what I want to do. I don't know what I want to become. I I just have a blank calendar. I just, you know, do whatever. And then one day he goes to his barber and he walks into his barber shop. And all of a sudden he loves the atmosphere of the barber shop. He loves the people. He likes talking to them. And he likes the design of being able to cut and be creative with a person's hair. And so he did something just crazy. He actually went to his calendar and he decided that on Mondays he was going to take one class for barber school. He didn't want to sign up for the whole thing because he wasn't sure it was going to be a right fit, but he just took one class and to see if it would fit. 
Well, the fact of the matter is that he loved it. He just was so amazed by it that he actually signed up for Barber College. And it took a few months and months of kind of learning how to do this until finally he graduated from Barber College. And he was so excited, and he started first with just another guy who had more experience with him. But then over time, he opened his own shop, and then he opened other shops, and everything changed in his life. And it's no exaggeration to say that taking that class, putting that on his calendar, changed the trajectory of his life. His whole life changed. His family changed. Everything changed because he simply put two words on a calendar on a Monday night that said, Barber class. That was it. Several years ago, uh, when our girls were toddlers, I started reflecting upon my life when I was about that age. And I started remembering that on Saturdays, my dad was never home. He was always working or he was at another function, but he was never home. And nothing against my dad, but I just thought to myself, I don't want my schedule to be like that with my kids. And so I did something radical in that moment. I got on my calendar and I actually put down on my schedule that I was going to put the girls. And I would put it on there, and I would just give that time in the afternoon or morning or whenever it was, depending on their schedule. And every Saturday, I mark this out. And so uh, sometimes I'll go to their events because they have a lot of stuff on Saturday. And other times, uh, we'll go to Mound State Park. It's something that we love to do. We just did it a few weeks ago. And we'll do that on Saturdays. And then every once in a while, we'll actually have a daddy-daughter day on Saturdays. And so yesterday, uh, Jen and Shiloh were off doing their own thing. And so a couple weeks ago, uh, we had the opportunity to go to a Ball State game, Jordan, my oldest daughter, and I. And I said, hey, do you want to do a daddy-daughter day? And this is what I've realized, that when you go to a Ball State game, you've got to find Charlie Cardinal. Like, that is the most important thing in the world, even for teenagers. And so we got our picture taken with Charlie, and we ate like you wouldn't believe. We love their barbecue sandwiches, and we did that, and we laughed, and all of that happened. But I'm telling you, folks, it would never, ever happen if I didn't put it on my calendar. And you see, everything changed in my parenting world when I decided to put it on my weekly calendar that in the morning or the afternoons, depending on their schedule, it's time with them. It changed our relationship. So I'm asking you right now where you're sitting at, because I have a feeling that God may be stirring something in you. What is it? that God's asking you to go for in this next year when it comes to your schedule. What fresh start do you need to begin in your calendar? Do you need to add something? Do you need to subtract something? Do you need to replace something with something that's more important that he wants you to become? 
You know, if you ever want to do something kind of a, a fun study with the Bible, is if you look at the stories of Jesus, you can eventually kind of learn that he had a routine. He had a schedule. He had a pattern, a flow of how things kind of worked in his life. You can find out when he prayed and where he prayed. You can find out when did he get rest and how did he do that? When did he connect with his family? And Jesus had this pattern and flow. And in Luke chapter 4, we learned that Jesus had something in his week that he put in permanent marker. I don't think they had permanent marker back in those days, but, you know, uh, they carved it in a piece of wood or something. But it's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's not going to be in pencil. It's going to be in ink. No matter how busy it was, this is what he wanted to do every single week. Do you know what that was? It was a weekly worship gathering. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 says this. He, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. That is the place of worship for Jews in that day. As was his custom. This was not something that he did periodically. This was not something that he put in pencil and he could erase later on. This was actually something that he put in permanent marker in ink that every Saturday when the synagogue was open, Jesus was going to be there. He didn't care what else was going on. That was going to be the place that he was going to be at. Now, every once in a while, uh, I have to ask you because I'm your pastor And I love you guys. You're family to me. And in the loss of my mom uh, a couple of weeks ago, you guys became even more family to me because it wasn't about me giving something to you, but I was receiving back from you. But as your pastor, as someone who loves you, I've got to ask you this question. Is there a goal in your life in 2024 that you actually want to get deeper and closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is one of your goals in 2024 that you're going to actually grow deeper and closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because the thing that helped me through the loss of my mom over the past couple of weeks has been the fact that Christ has been so close to me because I had him a part of my life and I wanted to grow closer and closer to him. Because if one of your goals is that, I'm telling you, you will grow closer to him. If one of your goals is that, I just want to remind you that Sunday mornings are not something you roll the dice with, but it's something that you're choosing consistently that I'm going to be there. You know, often when people first come to Christ, and we've had so many people do that over the past year, They'll come up and they'll ask me, well, Chris, you know, how important is coming to church regularly? And so I wanted to give you kind of my five kind of rapid fire kind of styles of five reasons of why Christ followers should go to church each week. Excuse me. The first one is what I acknowledged earlier. Jesus established the example for us. He showed it to us regularly. We should follow Jesus' example. We should follow his example. That's what we should do. Now, 
Can I just say this? I'm sorry it's the beginning of the year, you know, and some of you are like, oh, you're hoping to have a rah-rah. God loves you, you know, and he does. But can I just say this? It's really arrogant for any Christ follower to take off a Sunday just because they don't feel like coming here. Now, if you're out of town, you're sick, you've got something going on, that's different. But it's really, really arrogant to blow off Sundays when you're in town, when the one that we worship and we give our lives to, he never did. He put it in ink to worship with his community each week. He put it in permanent marker on his calendar. A second reason that we should honor coming to church each week is we want to follow the Bible's wisdom. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this, Don't forsake the worship assembling of yourselves together. He says, don't do it. It's a bad idea. Don't fall into that. It will lead you down a bad path place. Don't get careless about it. Don't put it in pencil and then erase it anytime you just have a whim or you just want to, you know, have your worship with, you know, the pillow and the blanket, you know. But no, I put it in ink. The third reason why we should go to church each Sunday is you never know when God's spirit just might rock your world or transform your life. You never know when we meet together how God's spirit might rock your world or it could transform your life. It could transform your heart. I mean, you never know when God might just meet here in a very supernatural way. When I think about 2023, about my favorite celebration that we had, It actually took place in the middle of summer. I was teaching on anger, something that has been a challenge in my life, but I found a lot of freedom in it. And I was teaching on it. And at the end, I said, if any of you want to become free from being controlled by anger, we want healing to come to you. We want to pray for you. And there were dozens and dozens of people that came and they had prayer and they found freedom from this anger. And you could just visibly feel it that people were walking out with the peace of God in their life. And then later that afternoon, uh, we went out to Prairie Creek Reservoir and some of those people who found freedom in anger, they said, I want to get baptized. And we baptized 35 people that afternoon. And God moved in such an incredible way on that day that my, my cup was so full. And folks, you just never know when God might have something prepared just for you on a Sunday morning. Folks, you never know when the band is going to play a song and because of what you're going through, God kind of takes that song from heaven through the band and there's cleansing that happens to your life. You never know when the person that's speaking on the stage might give a message to you. And I've had this so many times. People will come up and I thought, you know, I, I bombed on it. Didn't do well at all. And they'll come up and they'll go, how did you know exactly what I was going through? Well, we put video cameras in your, your house, you know. 
No, 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 no. We don't do that. Like, the reason you come is because when you do that, then all of a sudden God's spirit works and people will tell me all the time, like, how did you know? How did you know, Chris? I didn't. But God knew what you needed. He knew exactly what you needed in that moment, in that time. Which is why when you're here on a Sunday, you do it if you're in town. If you're in town, you just say, I'm going to put it in ink, not in pencil. A fourth reason you should go to church each week is it sets an example for your children and your family and your friends. It sets an example for your children and your family and your friends. Now, as you know, I grew up as a PK, a preacher's kid. And so you might say, well, I bet you had to go to church. And the truth is, my dad had this kind of rule. You had to go to church each Sunday until you were 16. And then once you were 16, if you decided not to go, um, it was fine. Now, this was kind of awkward because we lived in a house right by the church. And I'll never forget a few Sundays where my sister, my brother, even myself, we didn't go. And I remember the time that I tested my parents. I was like, I'm not going to go. Uh, And... They were like, okay, you don't have to do that. And there was just like something that was missing. You know, there was like something in my life that was missing. And so it was in that moment that I just said, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'm just going to do it. And I just kept doing that again and again. And then when I went off to college, even when I rebelled big time, and when the night before on a Saturday night was a night in which there was consumption of things that was not very holy, The next morning, I don't know if it was guilt or if it was grace or it was somewhere in between. There was rarely a Sunday that I would miss. I mean, there was a Catholic church. I wasn't even Catholic, but I would go to it because there was something that happened within me. And this is what I've often thought. What if my dad would have never instilled that in me? I think I could have drifted very, very far, extremely far, farther than what I did during my 20s had that not been a part of my life. A fifth reason for putting in your schedule to be in church each Sunday that you're in town, to put it in ink, don't put it in pencil because you'll erase it eventually, is that you can bless and encourage others. Now, believe it or not, this worship celebration, I'm going to bust some of your bubbles right now, and for those of you on the stream too, this worship celebration we're having right now is not about you. It's actually not about you. You didn't come here for me or the band or anything else, but this whole thing is about God and about blessing and encouraging other people. And I've often thought to myself that we've become so much of a consumption culture that we just come to consume. But the truth of church is we come to consume his presence so that we can contribute to the people that God puts in this room. That we can greet them, that we can encourage them, that we can bless them. Most statistics tell us that somewhere between 60 to 75% of people, when they come into church, they're discouraged about something. 
Something in their life is out of whack. There's something that they're stressing out about. And when they come into this place, we get the opportunity to encourage them, to build them up, to let them know that they're loved. And maybe they've been invisible by everyone during the week, from the people that they work with, maybe their family, maybe in their neighborhood. But in this place, no one is ever invisible because it's our job, it's our opportunity to actually encourage and bless the people around us. And in doing so, we honor Christ and we bless other people. So 2024, at the beginning of the year, I want to encourage you to do something when you're coming to church. When you're coming to church, rather than fighting with each other, okay, or getting upset because someone was late and someone wasn't ready and all of that, rather than doing that, as you're in the car, you just say, stop, we're going to pray for five minutes, And this is what I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to pray for the band. I'd like you to pray for me. And then I'd like you to ask God this. God, would you put somebody in my path today at church that I could encourage and bless? And if there's a new person that you don't know, that you've never seen before, don't just go, oh, new people, get over there. No, you actually engage with them. You encourage, you bless them. How are you doing? How's your week? And you just never know what God might do in another person's life that you could change, help change, be a link in the chain for their eternity to be different as you bless them. So put church on your calendar each Sunday. And do we put it in pencil or ink? What do we do? Ink, right? Ink. We put it in ink. It'll have a huge impact because we do our best learning when we can be in a place where we're learning about God in that way. Okay, with the time that we have remaining, what I want to do is simply offer two practical steps on how to have an effective schedule uh, in the new year. Step number one is you have to ask this question of yourself. You have to answer it, not someone else, but it's this. Who do I most want to become in 2024? Who is it that you most want to become in this next year? Now, there are all kinds of right answers that you could have. You might say, I want to become most. What I want to become most is an engaged spouse. Or I want to be a more present parent. Or I want to be a person who is reading scripture. I want to Get closer to God in some way. Maybe for others of you, you're like, I want to be a person who is fiscally responsible. I don't want to be in debt anymore. Maybe for others of you, what you're saying is, you know what? I want to be a person who cares for the poor. I want that to happen. I want to be a person who is a better friend to people around you. Maybe for some of you, this is the year that you say, I'm done with the addiction. I don't want to be in that addiction anymore of alcohol or drugs or porn or sex or whatever. This is the year I want to be something different. Or maybe for some of you, emotionally, mentally, you're like, you know, my game has just suffered so much of life because of that. I want to be something different. But it's absolutely critical that you become crystal clear with who you want to become because who you want to become then will determine what you're going to do. And this is the next step, is to invest in activities that will help you become the person you want to become. What is in your schedule should be the things that are going to help you to become who you want to become. Now, to do that, 
You've got to put these activities on your calendar in your schedule. Some of you might say, I want to be more biblically literate this year. This year, I want to understand the Bible more. I want that to be there. And so my suggestion is you actually put it in your calendar 15 minutes with God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to put that in there. It's just as important as the dentist appointment, as my work schedule, as anything else. I'm going to put it in there. People will often come to me and say, hey, can, can I meet with you at this certain time? I'm like, no, I've got an appointment. You know who my appointment is? I have it in my calendar. It's with God. You're not more important than that appointment. And so I put that in there for 15 minutes. We have a reading plan. If you want to pick it up, you can at uh, the guest connections. Or for those of you online, you can do it online as well. But it will never happen, folks, if you don't put it in your schedule. Maybe you want to connect more intimately with God. I want to feel his presence. I want to grow closer to him. Well, we want to help you with that. And so on February 9th at 630, uh, we have our worship night. Again, if you're like, I want to learn how to worship him more, to draw closer to him, you put it on your calendar now so you can be in his presence in that. Maybe you want to invest in your marriage. Uh, my wife Jennifer and I, with everything that happened with my mom at the end of the year, we had a moment where we sat down and we're like, you know what? Our marriage has really been one that we haven't been investing as much as we could. And when the girls were little, we would have these date nights regularly. And somehow when they became teenagers, we got so involved in their activities that we stopped doing that. And so we decided we were going to have date nights on Sunday night at least two times a month that it's just her and I connecting with our hearts. And so I thought, you know, I'll plan this for the very first time. And I got a very romantic movie for us to watch. Um, I think it's going to come up on the screen real quick. It's called Oppenheimer. And uh, I just thought this was going to be great. You know, this is going to be wonderful. And I could tell when she got on her phone and she was like doing Wordle the whole time. Like, you know, this didn't have like the connection that I was hoping. And then she'd stop and she'd ask me like 14 different questions. And so finally we ate together and, and that was wonderful. And, and then we connected our hearts. And so we've got another one set up and we're not going to do Oppenheimer that time. You know, like we're going to pick something better. I don't know what that is. But I'm telling you, folks, our marriage will never get better this year if Jennifer and I don't put it on our calendar on Sunday nights, two times a month, that we're going to invest in that, and you can do the same. For others of you, maybe it's health and fitness. You're like, I want to get better. It's not just about losing weight. It's I want to be a healthier person. And so you've got to put it on your calendar. I'm going to work out, you know, this time or I'm going to the gym. You do it there. Because if you don't, you'll just be as unhealthy as you were in 2023. But you can do that. And if some of you are like, yeah, but I already messed up my resolution. I was going to go to the gym every day. Make it stupidly small things. I'm just going to go to the gym and wave at it. You know, like... You just put it in your calendar, though, and you do that a few times, and eventually you'll walk in. But if it's not in your calendar, you'll never do it. You've got to do it. Because if something does not appear on your calendar, it will not get done. Now, there are some of you who are here that 2023 was a time where there was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt in your life. And maybe for some of you, you had the pain of losing a spouse. And you're trying to figure it all out. What am I going to do with that? 
Well, we don't want you to go through pain by yourself. And so we actually have something that we're offering on February 4th called loss of a spouse. And if you've lost a spouse, don't go in it by yourself, but get around some people who are going to encourage you and build you up in the midst of that. And maybe you're like, well, it wasn't my spouse, but it was a brother or a sister or a friend or for me, like a mom, uh, something. Don't go through that alone. And February 13th, we're going to start Grief Share for anyone who's had the loss of someone in their life. And you can go after this area and you put it in your calendar. And I guarantee healing will take place in your life. And then maybe for others of you. The truth is 2023 for you, mentally, emotionally, it's been hard. It's been really hard. And you've been depressed and you've been anxious regularly. And other people may not see it, but you see it in yourself and you just hate it and you feel alone and empty and lost in the middle of that. And maybe this is the year that you actually say, nope, I'm going to put counseling on the calendar. You see, folks, counseling is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of strength. I was talking to a buddy of mine, very atypical, a person who, uh, you know, has his list and he does this and he goes over this and he's the kind of person that if you looked at, you're like, oh man, that guy's got it all together. And he told me, you know what, this year I decided, you know, there's some stuff going on in my life. I need to get some counseling. And I told him, dude, I'm so excited because that's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. Folks, if you broke your leg, would you go to the ER? Yeah. But sometimes when we've broken our minds in some way, we don't do that. And so counseling that. Maybe for others of you, it's an addiction. You've been battling an addiction year after year after year, thinking that it's going to change. What do we call that? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's called what? Insanity. So you got to put it on your calendar. Hey, I'm going to get in a recovery group. I'm going to work on this thing. I'm going to work through it. Now, if you want to meet some new friends, so you don't feel lonely, you want to grow closer to God in some way, then I strongly encourage you, what Emily was saying earlier, be a part of a small group. We have groups that meet every single day of the week, so you can put it in your schedule. Men's group, women's group, couples group, all of that kind of stuff. Stuff for the youth, it's all there, and we usually encourage them just twice a month to be a part of that. Now, recently, I tried to set up an appointment with somebody on a Tuesday night. And I I put it out kind of far enough away. It was about a month out. I said, hey, can we meet uh, tonight for this? It's going to be on this day. They said, nope, can't do it. I said, oh, okay, well, let's move it out, you know, six weeks. And then, nope, I can't do it. I was like, why can't you do it? He said, well, that's when my small group meets. And we don't miss small group. And I was like, Wow. He said, no, no, we want to be good friends with our friends, and so we just don't miss it. And I really respected that person for doing that, telling me no so that they could be committed to what God had called them to do. And I really want to encourage you to do that, to make that happen. You see, for them, they chose to put it in ink, not in pencil. It was their small group. So, If you haven't filled out this card yet, I want to strongly encourage you to do it. Even if you're like, well, I just don't know. Hey, what's your interest? At least try it. 
Try something once, it won't kill you. I mean, you know, we don't have these set up to where, like, you know, people want to take you out. No, they're loving, kind people. They want to do life with you. And so you can fill this out. You can connect with others and draw closer to them. Our greeters are going to come down uh, the aisles here in just a second and pick these up. And for those of you that are on the stream uh, or if you're using the JAR app here in the auditorium, all you have to do is tap on small group and that becomes a part of that and it can change your life. So what I want you to do is to take some time this week, just between you and God, find a quiet place and maybe you would get on your knees and you would say, God, I need your guidance. God, I want your wisdom. Who is it that you want me to become in 2024? And what are the activities that you want me to either add or subtract or replace? And I'm telling you that if you'll do this, if you'll take that time and say, God, would you guide me? Would you give me wisdom on who you want me to become? What activities? He'll give that to you. And once he does, you have to pull out your calendar then and you put it in ink or pencil. Ink. We put it in ink, in permanent marker, and we say we're going to go after this. And you never know. You just never know what God might do with a God-powered schedule. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you so much for the power of a schedule. Help us to trust you to have a schedule that is God-honoring, one that we say, God, who do you want me to become? And then the activities after that fall into place, things that we add, things that we get rid of, things that we replace because we want to honor you with the power of our schedule. In fact, maybe right now God has been stirring in you. Here's something I want you to become. I want you to go after this next year, but you're like, oh man, that's going to take some sacrifice. That's going to be a challenge. I'm not sure I can do that. I'm telling you, when I put the girls on Saturday, it causes me to have to work sometimes really late on Friday night. But I do it because I want there to be that relationship. And so maybe for you, God's asking you to do something, but you need his help. And with no one looking around, each eye closed, if you're like, I want to change this area, I want to add it to my calendar, I want the power of schedule in my life, but I need help to do it, then I invite you to just raise your hand. No one looking around, just raise your hand. God, I need your help so that I can become who I want. God, would you give me the activities that I need? I don't know what they are, but I need your help in doing that. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for each hand that is lifted. Jesus, give them your power right now. Give them your strength to surrender their schedule right now. Let them know what you want them to add, to subtract, to replace in their calendar. And I believe as you do this, God, you will help them to become the best possible version of themselves. I pray this for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hand down. Now, maybe there are some of you that the truth is you've never put a relationship with Jesus Christ in ink. 
you always kind of put that relationship kind of with pencil. Maybe you've erased it sometimes, and maybe you've just kind of walked away and drifted, and, and Jesus just isn't on that power of your schedule at all. But maybe after today, you're like, you know what? I think that's the thing that's missing from my schedule actually being effective is to actually have him to be the one that's guiding me. So maybe today in ink on January 21st, 2024, you can say it's a day that I gave my life to Christ, not just in pencil and then erase it and go off and do my own thing. But this is the day that I'm going to put it in ink. I'm going to choose him as Lord of my life. And I'm going to receive his forgiveness and his grace and his love because of what he did on the cross. And he died. And three days later, he rose again. I believe in that. I trust in that, that he has eternity for me. And maybe today's that day for you. And so today, if you're ready to put that relationship with Jesus in ink in your life, then I invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but we'll pray it together. And I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.